Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself, self-guided, public land, elk hunting learning curve resource where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Hey, Elk Shape Podcast, Dan the Fitness Man here. What up? Hope you're doing good. Let's get to it. We're bringing on Dirk, the Bugler Durham. He's been on here before. What we do on this podcast, we chat for you know 20, 30 minutes, and then we go on Instagram Live and answer questions. Thought it'd be a cool format and uh, hopefully entertaining and most importantly educational. Uh, a lot of you are starting to figure out where you're going elk hunting and maybe you're backfilling with some over-the-counter tag or tags. That's great. You can start preparing and researching online scouting, Google Earth, Top Rut. Uh, base map, what whatever resources you can pull together. Uh, we want to get to the business end first and get going. This podcast is brought to you by The Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. Thank you for your guys' continued support. Listeners of the Elk Shape Podcast can get 20% off Vortex apparel by using the discount code ELKSHAPE. And I just want you guys to know more than their VIP warranty, their glasses great. The UHDs at low light are as good as anything you'll ever put through. And if you're hard on equipment like me, you can send your stuff in after you break it. They'll repair it, no questions asked, with our VIP warranty. Kinetrek Boots out of Bozeman, Montana. They're a huge partner of ours because they have outfitted our feet since 2010. I think boots are very personal, so you have to try them on. Please try Kinetrek. I think they'd be, I don't I use the Mountain Guides. I've been super pleased. I also run their Gators. Great brand out of Montana. Boots are made in Italy. Top-notch, great investment. Base map is something that you're going to want to utilize when you're doing your e-scouting. It's $29.99 for a year, all 50 states. Yes, they have offline mode. Yes, you can run your phone. Very user-friendly on the desktop. And their mobile platform is getting better as we speak. Uh, Dirk, my Jason Phelps, myself, we're working with them to help make that platform even better. 
And next is XO Mountain Gear out of Boise, Idaho. I run the XO K3 frame on a 4800 bag when I'm elk hunting. That bag is not complicated. That's the best thing about XO. It is super straightforward. And it's the easiest pack out there to pull the bag away from the frame and throw in your first quarter and not waste energy and get that elk meat out. And if you're on multiple state hunts, energy is a pretty precious commodity. Actually, it is regardless of if you're hunting one elk or multiple elk, multiple states. The, the bag in the frame weighs just a slightly over five pounds, super light very robust. All the pockets are where they need to be. Uh, there's some cool accessories that you can add to it as well, but XO4800, that's what I'm rocking. A Matthews VXR 31 and a half and a 28. I did rattle can my 28. If you haven't seen that, check it on Instagram or YouTube. We did a full video on the build. Uh, I think I might be going with the 28 guys. I just seem to, sh it shoots just a little bit better for me personally being short, five foot nothing, 27 inch draw. I have it at 74 pounds. I'm shooting a 474 Easton Axis. 340 with 75 grains up front and a Grim Reaper Micro Hades 3 braid up front. Custom elk shape Arizona Archery Enterprises AAE veins. Uh, those veins are to the helical to the left and you can get the same veins I rock on elkshape.com. Shameless plug. Check those out. Uh, Phelps Game Calls, huge partner with our elk shape camps and Jason's a good friend of mine and I appreciate all your support. Every camper gets a bugle tube and a diaphragm read just for showing up. So thank you guys. Speaking of elk shape camp prizes, we have the Baku e-bike we're going to give away after we've completed the next three elk shape camps. The Washington State elk shape camp that's in July is to be determined. I'm still finalizing details but Colorado we're coming we're coming to your hood second week in June we got one spot open if somebody wants to sign up last minute Phil Mendoza Dirk Durham Aaron Snyder Jeff Bynum it's going to be an amazing camp and then we go in July to Wisconsin we're going to lacrosse at lacrosse archery I'm excited for that one Jason Phelps is going with me on that one. It's going to be a great camp. And that one's July 10th through the 12th, I believe. And then Wilderness Athlete is giving away free product to every camper. And then they also have a discount code for you guys that listen to the podcast. The discount code is ElkShape30. Save 30% on your first purchase at Wilderness Athlete. So thank you guys. Sick of Gears also kicking in three core lightweight hoodies to every camp. And I love that. I run that. Every hunt I do from early season to late to spring bear, I always have that as my first layer. And there's nothing better on the market. And I think Sika pants fit better than anything out there. Whether you're running some sort of ascent, apex, or timberline, you need to try it. It's worth the loot. Climate's got a call to action. Elk Shape 20 saved 20% off. Baku has a $400 off uh, e-bike if you use the discount code ElkShape400. Lakewood Products, that's the what I use for a bow case, is ElkShape2020 saved 10%. Also, thank you to Hamsky, Easton, Tight Spot, Black Gold, and Off Grid Food Co. If you want some crossover symmetry for injury prevention, use the discount code ElkShape and save 20%. And lastly, Northwest Retention. If you've seen some pictures on Instagram, I carry a sidearm on my chest. It's a chest holster. The company's out of Washington State. They're called Northwest Retention. If you use a discount code ELKSHAPE, you will get free shipping and handling. And I rock the Scout, and I use a Glock 23. All right, guys, let's get to the podcast. Let's get to Dirk Durham. There's some really good nuggets in here. Have the best week ever, and we will see you at the end of the show. 
Levels look good. What's up, y'all? Oakshade Podcast, live and in person with the Bugler, Dirk Durham, formerly from Weipe, Idaho, <laughs> Orfino. Hey Orfino. And Wee now Ipe. potentially Meridian, a.k.a. Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Okay, but you're still Idaho. Idaho, yeah. I'll be a potato head now. Potato head. Uh, so moving stressful. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about your life, what's been going on. But uh, what were we talking about before? Oh, you asked me about uh, if I seen any elk while bear hunting. I've seen a few. Mm-hmm. So I seen the cows down low. You know, kind of when the snowpack was yep. real. Like the snowpack was legit this year. Oh yeah. I couldn't get anywhere. I don't have tracks. The cows were down super low, like river river low, in um, the North Idaho. Guys were talking Panhandle. It's all the same. It all blurs together. And uh, so yeah, the cows were down there, and there's always like some dumbass rag bull with them. Oh yeah, yeah. Spikes and, and rags. Yeah. Uh, but the big bulls were all grouped up living in ridiculous high country and uh, doing big bull things. That's how they live. That's how they escape the wolves. You know, I've heard that the bulls don't want to be near moms or potential new moms. And so they just instinctively get the heck away from the ladies. And by doing that, they're usually a tier or two up in elevation. Oh, yeah. And uh, that makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, but they're all bastard up and, um, you know— I've seen about seven or eight bulls for every hundred plus cows. Wow. And I think that's pretty close to what the bull to cow ratio is over there. It's just, yeah. it's not, it has no objective. Yep. They don't really manage it for nope. trophy, I would say. Um, haven't seen a wolf this year yet. Um, seen, obviously, sign. Been keeping my eyes peeled. Seen 12 different bears. I've been out about four or five different times. Uh, I do have a bait going. Been doing mainly spot and stock. And I've done three stocks. The first one, I actually got in on the bear, decided to pass. It looked good from far, but it was far from good oh, yeah. when I got close. And that was on video. I had a cameraman, fortunately. Second stock, got to 27 yards, and the bear saw me, which I don't – I thought bears were blind. but Yeah, they do. No, they – they picked up. They can pick up motion, and I moved too too much. I got too oh. greedy, and I was getting ready to draw. Oh dang! Uh, bear picked me off, so that's my bad. I suck. And yep. then the third one, the bear just phew, had to cross a river, get on the other side, get the wind right, relocate the bear, and never relocated it. So spent a ton of energy getting over there, get to that side, and the bear. The bear was just moving a lot anyway, so he ducked out, and uh, I still have a bear tag on punch. But I'm enjoying being out there. Watching the elk. I can't get to any trail cameras yet. Snowpack's still high. Wow. But uh, really just had a – I just love watching the woods come to life in the yeah. spring. It's my my favorite time of year. I have a turkey tag. I went out once with my daughter, but that was like an hour <laughs> tops. <laughs> but uh, turkey hunting just doesn't pull up my heartstrings anymore like bear hunting. But uh, how about you, man? You just got back from a bear hunt with Phelps in yep. the state of Washington. He Washington. drew – a spring tag. Yep, drew a spring tag. Um, gnarly, gnarly big country. We've seen a lot of bears. Um, the problem is they're kind of untouchable. They're they're a long ways off. If you want to go make a move on them, it, it takes all day to reposition um, and get over there to them. And then guess what? Bears are on the move. They're mm-hmm. gone. We had a really giant one spot, spotted. We were hiked in about a half a mile. We hiked back to the trucks, drove 45 minutes relocated on the other side of the drainage, hiked in several miles on snow roads on, on a road, and then uh, on a little trail. It was a marked trail, but it looked like a deer trail. It wasn't 
It wasn't beat out like most horse trails are. And uh, we got over there, and we just couldn't turn him up. So then it's hiked back and got back to the truck just a little after dark. But I think, you know, if Jason had actually been able to hunt when his tag was supposed to start, because mm -hmm. Governor Jay Inslee, not a fan, by the way, of Washington, closed hunting. Yeah. Closed hunting because it's not social distancing anyways. If you can get in there that early, like mid-April when it was supposed to open, man, those big bears, if you see one, they're not going far. Yeah. And it, like relocating them is super simple. Right now we're kind of past that hangout by the den time, mm -hmm. and now they're kind of thinking about ladies. In fact, I saw my first boar cruising, uh, a logging, a cat road, looking for love uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's almost end of May. That's when they start just kind of uh, – they've got – you know they're not they're kind of moved on to to greener grass areas but they you'll start seeing them cruise and i imagine next time i go out i might find a, a boar and a sow together which uh i prefer that i actually like trying to get in on boars when they're with a with a girlfriend they're pretty distracted um so bears are awesome um let's talk about elk forecast for 2020 what do you have tag in hand what do you still waiting on what's your what's it starting to look like so my elk season's pretty much painted in right now. Okay. So I got a tag for New Mexico. I got a tag for Montana. And I will have a tag for Idaho soon as I pick one up. Okay. Don't want to hear about your New Mexico tag because <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> Montana General? Uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's actually a draw tag. I'm in, so in sick of you. You are going to have the sickest elk season. Oh, man, it's going to be great. If you don't pull a hammy or anything. Yeah, but yeah, no kidding. <laughs> how are you, how are you going to spread your time out? Like, what are you thinking? How do I allocate this much time for New Mexico? How do I allocate this much time for this draw tag in Montana? Mm -hmm. And then obviously Idaho in your backyard, do right. you backfill towards the, I mean, how are you going to do it? So I'm going to start the season out in Idaho from the opener Till I think the season in New Mexico opens the 15th. Okay, you got the second tag? Yeah. So first couple weeks in Idaho, it opens August 30th-ish. Yeah. That's going to be great. So I'm going to focus on that and then go to um, New Mexico for the entire season, which is, I don't know, it's short. It's the 24th. ends on the 24th, so it's, what, nine days? Yes. Um, so nine-day season, and then I will turn around, come back, and I'm going to buddy Trent Fisher from Born and Raised, he drew a general Montana tag. And I'm going to go hunting with him the last week of September. Now that's for their stuff? For his stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to turn around and go hunt for my stuff from October 1st to the end of uh, the season, which is the 15th in Montana, I think. So Trent Fisher, you're going to hunt with him. You guys have hunted together yep. several times now, deer, elk. Etc. So my question for you is, how quickly did you guys realize you had a bromance? Like you guys just are like seriously amazing to watch on video. Yeah. But I can also tell like it's not just a show. Like you guys seriously, like you guys click. Yeah, yeah. So the first day we hunted together, really. So <clears throat> it's kind of like, hey man, how's it going? Uh, what do you like? Do you like hunting? I mean, you you kind of feel somebody out on the first day, and then as you hunt along, you know, you kind of chitter chatter a little bit yeah pretty soon i'd say a silly little one-liner and he'd say a little silly little one-liner pretty soon we're kind of going back and forth it's like yeah this is my kind of guy That's so cool. uh so as we're hunting along there um i see this big wallow and i thought oh this will be funny i'm like watch this guys 
you know, I thought I'd kind of do like the nature walk kind of thing, but, but take it to the next level. So I grabbed a big stick. I'm like, here's how you call in bulls to a wallow. You guys ever seen this? And they're like, no. And uh, I started doing all of this like calling sequence. And I grabbed this big stick and I start whacking it in the, in the water. And uh, as soon as I first big whack in the water, it just sprays piss water all over, <laughs> all over Trent's face. And he's just like, <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> he didn't get mad and he kind of laughed didn't get he didn't get mad oh man i'd be pissed <laughs> and he laughed and we had some pretty good laughs over it and yeah that, after that it's like yeah we're buddies so you guys killed uh some bulls in wyoming yep uh archery yep and a rifle yep uh you killed some mule deer in montana i didn't have a tag i was just along you were observing there just for fun and uh yeah him and brady got bucks that's so. cool so you have a pretty good relationship with the bro crew yeah i'm I don't know Trent very well. I mean, we've hung out briefly. Uh, Cody, though, Cody's great dude, man. Oh, He's man. hung Love out at guy. my house and back in the days of Full Draw Film Tour. Right, great right. dude. I got nothing but respect for those guys. I love what they do. I think they do it really well. So I just want to give them a shout out. Um, well, that's a pretty cool hunt schedule. <laughs> New Mexico opens the 15th. Are you a kind of guy that's like, oh, I got to get down there a couple days early? Or you guys like, let's just roll in on opener and we'll go from there. Me personally, I'm probably going to maybe try to get there the day before. Okay. Um, now, Phelps, I don't know, and John, I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, they might get there a couple days early. I guess it would be kind of nice to have a, a leg up on it. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I, I might be wrong, but I'm almost wondering if elk, if bulls move around a lot in that kind of country to where you spot, like, let's say you spotted a giant one day. Three days later, he's probably not nowhere to be found. Different he's, zip code. He's, he's moved on to a different zip code. I don't know. I'm not sure how that kind of country works, but mm. I have that's kind of my hunch. My my hunch. Yeah, bit, they do so. travel far. I think farther than the elk that you're used mm. to. I don't know. I think you're going to hear 20 different bulls bugle the day you get there when you go bugle at yep. night, and you're going to be like, "Where do we go first? Um, now you said Phelps is going, and then John. That's John yep. Gabrio. Yep. Apex Advertising. Yep. Uh, he's also part of um, that little side project with Phelps. What do they have? That's the Mountain Mount, uh, Media. Oh, Angry Mountain. Angry Mountain. The Mountain is Angry. Angry Mountain Productions. Yeah, they've done some stuff there, and John's a good friend of ours, so that's cool. How much time do you have allocated for New Mexico? Because it closes, like, what, the 24th. 24th. You got 24th. nine days. Yep. So then you're going to bust back. And meet up with Trent. Trent in Montana. And hunt that late September, early October. Yep. Okay. It gets cold in Montana that time. Yeah. Like snow. Really cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's going to be for their projects on YouTube? Probably so. There, okay. There'll probably be some shared shared material there, I'd, I'd assume. Do you have a cameraman, per se, following yeah. you in Idaho? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dusty. Yes. Dusty Roop. Yep. Shout out to Dusty. What up, Dusty? <laughs> if you guys didn't know, Dusty uh, filmed Dirk's uh, Mouth Tab Madness, and he did a bang-up job. Go watch that. Go subscribe to Dirk's YouTube channel. Uh, he's got 2,000 more subscribers than me, and I'm going to f- come coming after you, Dirk. <laughs> no, I don't know where you're at, but I love that video series. It basically says a lot about your character. Not to get sappy, but this is elk shape, man. This is inspirational. Dude hurts his shoulder while elk hunting, goes home, has a pity party, and then he becomes woke and is like, I'm still going elk hunting, goes down to see his buddy Justin Grimes in Lewiston. They rig up a mouth tab, and 
this guy says, cool, I'll make it work, and goes out and kills an elk with a mouth tab. What else? How do you like? How do you follow that up, Dirk? That is so impressive. Seriously. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna go back to elk hunting normal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to uh, accomplish a feat of of amazement or anything. I was just I just wanted to go elk hunting, and yeah. I couldn't miss a September. So, oh. um, I would have tried to figure out some other. I mean, whatever way out of if I'd had to pull it with my foot, probably I would have. Yeah. Probably kept going. I'm just but. so impressed with that footage. Uh. It's so incredible, and you're hunting that North Idaho, just aldery, huckleberry oh, it's brush, awful. just it's just choked out, six yard shooting lanes, and you made it happen. So cool. Uh, well, that's a very exciting deal. Have you, when you talk to Trent, do you guys figure out where you're going to go ahead of time, or do you kind of have some ideas of general areas? Like, how do you sort that out? Yeah, we're going to have to. Those guys are kind of willy-nilly. They just like, yeah, I think we'll go over here. Those just kind of like what they say. We'll throw a dart at a map. Uh, and I, I'm a little different mo. I, I kind of want to know where I'm going. Yeah. Know something about it. Have backup plans. Um, which I mean, I think both ways work. But I just like to kind of have have an idea. Um, so I'm gonna be digging in on that. Try to figure out where we're gonna go with him. And then on my hunt. I'll be hunting a different spot, so I got to figure that out, and then I'm going to be hunting a new spot in Idaho. Got to figure that out. So I got tons of like scouting slated. Same here. I'm hunting a new spot in Idaho. Goodbye, goodbye, North Idaho. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to. uh, I have a Montana General. I haven't had one since 13. I have old haunts, but dude, I kind of want to try some new country in Montana. Um, I'm going to try a new unit in Washington, Muzzy. We'll bring my bow, but, uh, and then I don't know if I can get another tag in Idaho, I might, but dude, honestly, I have little kids. I can only be gone so long before my wife is serving me divorce papers. Right. And that's a real thing. Yeah. Like Elk Shape would allow me to go, but my marriage would not. And my wife just does not dig me being gone that long. So I'm not going to just go five, six weeks. Although I have done that in the past. I'll see what I can get away with. And I will get as close to that line as possible, <laughs> but uh, I really miss the little ones, oh, and they yeah. grow up so fast. Mm, yeah, especially so, that age is it's tough because it is. they're very needy at that age. Uh, they get in high school and stuff. It, it's a little different. They're pretty independent, and you don't, Dad. What's Dad doing? Who, who cares? You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, or you know, they got sports and stuff, which is kind of tough too. Then because you want to go make all their their sporting games. Um, yes, and it's a it's a it's a just a tricky situation with kids, but. You can make it work. Um, speaking of kids, your son Austin told you something recently about his own goal. Is he still on that war path? Uh, I don't know because he he's talking about moving down south. Like Boise? Yeah. Because down south me could mean anything like Salt Lake or Phoenix? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Boise. Boise. Area. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's a non-resident. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out how he's going to get a tag. Because a lot of the southern units sell out pretty quick for mm-hmm. non-res. Um, so I don't know what, what his plan is going to be. Because he was talking about going solo elk yeah. hunting, right? He wanted to go by himself, go solo, up which to I my dig. north Idaho haunts. Yeah. Which I'm like, heck yeah. I mean, do it. I mean, you do it. You'll probably really enjoy it instead of going, dear old dad, you know, saying, Austin, stand, stand here. Do this. Do that. Yeah. You know, go make up, make your own mistakes. Because he's been on a handful of hunts with you throughout the years. Oh, yeah. Lots. Lots. He's yeah. seen a lot of bulls hit the dirt. 
Yeah, he's seen a few. And then he's had I don't know how many golden golden opportunities when he was little. Yeah. You know, uh, to to connect on nice bowls and just, you know, it's hard with kids, you know. Yeah, I I don't know, but I'm sure it is. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, rookie, that's... Uh, rookie elk hunters. I mean, it's tough cuz there's that that very moment where you draw your bow, there's the very moment where you release your arrow. There's all these certain little factors that all, all these little the comedy of errors have to come together without screwing things up. And he's had a lot of those, you know, mm. that just didn't pan out. I think with the, the coronavirus, COVID-19, there's going to be a handful of people that are like, man, hunting ain't so bad. There was a meat shortage. I'm sure there still is going on. A yeah. bunch of meat factories where they pack people in, getting sick and uh, shutting down. Trump saying, no, open back up. They don't have the, I mean, people can't buy a certain amount of meat at Costco or Kroger or Fred Meyers. Like you're limited. Uh, hunters aren't that bad, you know? Yeah. And I think people with social media and how visible elk hunting is out there, I think there's might be a lot of new interest. And wow, that's, you know, that's pretty cool actually getting your own meat. And so there's a lot of rookie elk hunters out there. There could be another crop. There's not a lot of places out there to go get good elk hunting information. Let's face it, a mentor would be really awesome. Like if somebody could have Dirk mentor them, they would cut the learning curve into nothing and they would pick up so much in a short season, you'd have them set. They'd be set with good foundations, right? Right. Uh, if they were to not have a mentor like me, they would have to probably just learn season after season and the elk teach you. And eventually, if you're not dumb, you'll figure – like the elk will teach you pretty good and you'll start to understand how to kill elk. There's not a lot of resources out there that I've found when it comes to just learning elk hunting digitally as much as possible. Yes, there's YouTube. Yes, there's podcasts like this. But it's not the same as like diving in on hunts and learning, why did you do this? Like we do at the Elk Shape Camps right, where right. – we go through some of your videos, we pause it, we ask you specific questions. Which way was the wind blowing? Why did you bugle there? Why did you not make a sound there? Why did you decide to rake there? And then why did you move up to that position? And you answer all the questions with literally like, I did this because of this. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're, you're surgical. You're methodical. How can other people learn this stuff? Like what's the best way to shorten your elk hunting learning curve? Man, they have to be able to have that resource at their fingertips. I mean, and where are they going to get it? I don't know. Uh, there, there is this one thing I've seen on Instagram lately. Uh, they've tagged me in a few things. It's called the Elk Collective, and it says something about digital education. I'm very interested in that because I feel like that's something that has – I mean, I've seen a few people come out with, like, I would say a kind of digital education, but kind of like wordy stuff. I've seen, you know – academies and universities but really i haven't seen anything like that super like video driven shows you how to actually elk hunt unless you're just watching a youtube and you're trying to guess why people did stuff but the elk collective uh, i have I pulled it up it says education inspiration dedication digital education and content driven by a passionate community of elk hunters full website coming summer 2020 do you know anything about this uh yeah they've been tagging me too let's okay it looks pretty pretty legit. I mean, uh, they got a lot of cool elk pictures. Yeah. Well, someone needs to do something. I mean, I have my online elk shape camp, which is more like, here's how you call. Here's how you train. Here's how you shoot. And we geek out on archery. And here's right. how you eat. And it's kind of like this year-round approach, like preparing for elk hunting. And we teach you some elk behavior stuff. But, like, you actually need someone to hold your hand on how to kill an elk and what to do, when to do it. 
So I'm real interested in that. I didn't know if you knew anything about it. So um, yeah, there needs to be. That sounds like a pretty cool thing because uh, there needs to be something that's easy to learn from. Um, I don't know about you. I get distracted by sit, having to sit down and read a whole bunch. Um, my mind starts to wander. Pretty soon, I'm, I'm seeing squirrels, right? Mm -hmm. um, or it's hard to time. Some people are busy. It's hard to carve out the time to sit down and dedicate to reading, devouring, understanding. You know that written word, audio or visual. You know, um, or both. Um, video. You can listen to it. You can watch it. You can go back. You can watch it again. Listen again. You can. You can really. You can really digest it with a lot less effort, I feel. Mm, there's no question. And I'll give you an example. So I run podcasts in the background all the time, mm -hmm. like nonstop. And if I don't do that, I'll have a YouTube just plain. And I have all these screens pulled up and I'm doing all this stuff. But, bro, I can like recite. I can retain and I can obtain this information and store it for some reason, better than reading. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And my wife, like if I tell her about a podcast I listen to, like it could be a week ago or two weeks ago and I can give her the nuts and bolts of what they were talking about and then like share it with her and be like, hey, this is the episode. And she's like, dude, you you remembered a lot from that podcast. Like you did a good job summarizing. I was like, huh. Started figuring out that I, if I can hear it or yep. see it, I, I just pick it up so much faster. So that's the kind of learning I mm -hmm. like in this digital world. So, well, we're going to go on uh, live Instagram, guys. So stand by. We're going to get our screens pulled up and answer some questions and just see what comes about. And uh, we'll go maybe 20, 30 minutes and uh, call it a podcast. Oh, hey there. Looks like we're live. I'm here with Dan, the fitness man. Uh, we're down here in his man cave, if you will. Um, pretty sweet setup. Got targets and deer antlers and skulls and all the cool stuff. Um, he's See my request come through? Oh, here we go. Dan is uh, trying to, well, here we go. Uh, yep. Add. Okay, so I just added Dan to this live broadcast. Podcast? Ooh, I need to plug in my headphones, huh? Do you have them? Yeah, I do. One, hold, please. All right, that should be better. Rip a bugle. Uh, my my bugle's in the truck. Hmm. I could I could do it with my voice, but uh, it'd sound like I was calling hogs. <laughs> <laughs> Audio's okay, guys. You we are doing an elk shape podcast. And we're recording, and we want to take some questions for the bugler or me. And uh, we got an echo, huh? I'm going to mute mine. But, yeah, guys listening to the podcast. So we're going to go through some questions here on Instagram and kind of figure out, is yours still paused? Must there okay, it is. you're back. All right. Much better. Okay, guys, let's see if there's any questions, comments, concerns. Where are you guys elk hunting this year? Dirk's got some good tags. I'm going to be blue-collar, over-the-counter, general season guy. but I'm going to New Mexico and Montana and good old Idaho. Well, I'll ask questions. Okay. Dirk, you're moving. I'm moving. Is that stressful? 
Yeah, it's really stressful. Yeah. Um, moving to southern Idaho. I'm going to be a potato head. Leaving the land of trees to the land of the desert. So, yeah. Selling a house sucks. Yeah, big time. Does buying a house suck? Uh, that sucks, too. Buying houses, selling houses sucks. But maybe if you like a lot of drama in your life, you might you might like that. I don't like drama. Drama-free. Um, is uh, everybody back to work yet? Um, people still working from home? I, I haven't even talked to people. I've been a hermit, man. Been bear hunting or in my little man cave. Uh, are you back to work? Yeah, I, I'm back to work. Cool. I know. I, I work from home, so I was never off of work. But my wife, she cuts hair, and she today was, well, Monday was her first day back to work. So um, she has to wear a mask every day. Um, it's not law, but her, the lady that she works with at the salon is kind of making her wear a mask. So we're anti-maskers. Do you, somebody said shout out to your daughter. Oh, yeah. Did she graduate or something? Uh, Samantha, yeah. She uh, graduated from radiology school, and she got a job down in the Boise area. She works for St. Al's down there and works in different clinics around the Treasure Valley. So one day she's over here, one day she's over here. So it's kind of cool. I don't see one elk hunting question. These guys are all great elk hunters. Yeah. For the bugler, here we go. You can take the man out of 6C, but you can't take the 6C out of the man. That's uh, my my uh, wife's cousin, Mike. Probably one of my oldest friends. Have you guys all seen this Doug Flutie guy on Instagram floating around? Know who that is? Doug Damn Flutie? Yeah, he tags me sometimes and talks a lot of smack. Um, yeah, he's just a weird guy. Just Have you heard his Terminator call, though? It's pretty amazing. He's pretty uh, good. Those chuckles? <laughs> I mean, that sounds so fake. It's awesome. doesn't even sound like a real elk. No, no. That's why he does it probably. Like the elk are like, oh, I've never heard that sound, and they just come running. Yeah, they do. It's science, really. Oh, here we go. Tips on bear hunting. <laughs> Don't ask me. I suck. <laughs> uh, My bear hunting tips, I haven't seen a bear in Idaho this year. It's been weird. Um, all my spots are just no good. Um I'm hoping to get a few more days of bear hunting in later on um, here in the next couple weeks while I'm packing my stuff to leave. Uh, maybe I'll find a bear. I'm not that mad at him, though. I, I'm not that mad. I don't really need to kill one that bad, but it'd be kind of fun if I did. Oh, you need to kill them. Yeah. They are fawn. They like fawn. They mm. like veal. Uh, I've seen that so I've seen 12 different bears. I've gone like one and a half days and then I got to come home and then my wife works. And so it's just, I need a couple days in a row, but tips for bear hunting, know the phase that you're in. So we're kind of past the den up phase where they're in rocky cliffy country and they're not going far from their den. They're starting to go to normal places, meadowy, grassy roads, good grasses. They're, they'll leave their dinning area now. And they're starting to think about the ladies. You might start catch boars cruising. And within a week or two, there's going to be boars with sows. Guards are going to be dropped. 
and it's a great time. I'm mainly doing spot and stock bear hunting. I do have a bear bait, but I've I've got probably five or six different bears hitting it, and I just can't keep up feeding them. So I'll probably kill one spot and stock. It gets good for me in about a week or two, so I'm just being patient. But sit behind glass, find a master vantage point, and stay there all day. And if it's overcast, plan on seeing bears. Get your binos on a tripod and stay. Park it in glass, and you will find bears. Now, can you get to them in time? That's the hard part. That's the tough part. Uh, here's a question. Uh, Dirk, you still planning on coming to Kalispell, Montana at Flaming Arrow Archery in June? Yep, 20, June 27th. I'll be up there. I'm going to do a seminar um, on how to use calls and whatnot. Probably answer some questions. Uh, hopefully, everybody comes and asks some questions. Um, so, new to elk hunting, any tips? Um, Jordan Lyons. So, yeah, absolutely. New to elk hunting. Um, it's, it's pretty important to kind of set your sights and set your hunt and around making it easier for you. There's a lot of guys that want to go to the deep backcountry their first year out, which is awesome, but it's very difficult. Um, you might want to pick the low-hanging fruit first, maybe hunt some of the front country. It's a little easier to get around in. Um, you don't get yourself in such deep trouble if you get one down or if you get injured or something. Um, and then always try to find a place that has a lot of elk. Um, big elk numbers equal That's a great tip. <laughs> better success. Uh, I get guys ask me every year, yeah, they're thinking about going to the Panhandle, Idaho or whatever. And I'm like, we can, but there's not that many elk and you're going to, and it's very difficult, brushy country to hunt. So your success rate is going to go way down versus going somewhere where there's a lot of elk, but um, that's what I, I would recommend for somebody new. What about you, Dan? That's a good tip. Uh, my tip's not sexy, but understand your limitations, your expectation. Are you somebody capable of doing backcountry, or are you potentially going to get homesick? Are, do you have a good crew? Is your goal just to hear bugles? Will you be willing to shoot a cow? Are you meat hunting or five-point or better? Uh, I just think it's really important leading up to the season to set specific parameters on your hunt, and then that way you know what you need to do because separation is in the preparation. And if it's just going out for the experience and get reps, you know, there's not a lot of preparation. You just need to get out there. If you have a higher standard and it's meat in the freezer or bust, you need to bust your hump. Uh, so just understand where you're at and in the journey. Yeah, good one. <laughs> I like it. Um, let's see. I've seen one here. When should I cut off a bugle with a bugle? Well, you have to wait for the right time. Um, let's say it's prom night. You don't walk up to your date in front of her dad and stick your tongue in her mouth. No, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. You got to you got to build things up. So you got to wait till that bull gets really mad. And you can tell you when his voice changes and he gets that really pissed off bugle and you're like, oh, wow, he's mad. That's when you start unleashing 
Unleash the Kraken. <laughs> That's trademarked mine I, I trademarked that <laughs> but no that's when you start wanting to you start cutting him off is because um you start doing it too soon he's not mad enough and you might spook him off but uh yeah it's all in timing well the the, the inflection change is significant and that's when you have to pounce uh, some people call it a challenge bugle oh he challenged you that's when you immediately cut them off but it doesn't really work if you're not in tight at least archery wise yeah you got to be close like under 100 yard under under 100 yards and i would say you got to be ready because that's probably the last sound you hopefully make is your last bugle is to cut them off and arrows knocked i'm just from a solo hunting perspective when i do my challenge bugle i'm usually putting the moving up 10 15 yards and putting the bugle tube between my legs, hooking on my release and getting ready. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, how's the shoulder? It's good. Good. I can draw a bow, 55 pounds, no problem. I could probably draw 60, 65. Um, but working up slowly, working on form. Um, I've developed some bad habits with that mouth tab, so uh, <laughs> struggling with that a little bit. So I got to rehab my shooting, but uh, I'll be good by September for sure. Somebody said they're stoked for the Colorado camp. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. It'll be really fun. That's coming up. I can't wait. What's the date on that? Like the second week in June or something. Oh, man. And I think it's sold out or one spot left. I'm going to have to look that up and make sure I don't close my new house on that day. You can sign electronically. Yeah. That's true. Well, no, I don't know if you can or not on that. I think you got to be there. Let's. Your wife's see. got power attorney. Okay, there you go. I have a bull I've been hunting a few years that will always answer and come to a, about 100 to 150, but no further. What do I need to do? Any ideas? That's like the classic case of setting up, setting up in the wrong spot. Um, you got to set up to where he has to come close to ever see you um if he if if all the setup looks good and he still can't see if he has to come to 50 yards and he or 30 yards and he can't see you but he still hangs up at 100 or 150 you need to get aggressive you need to push up on him and and uh get him out of his comfort zone so that's that's what i would do what about you dan yeah you're not getting to the hang-up spot a bull has a spot where he should be able to see you and he wants a visual, which has always blown my mind that elk want to see when they can smell so good. It's almost like they trust their sight over their smell during the rut only. So I would say figure out that hang up spot based on topography, terrain, feature, timber, whatever. And that's where you'll make your calls. I think he'll get in tighter. Um, there's a couple of different little off-the-wall tactics you could do. Dirk's little, uh, what do you call it, the slingshot? Yeah, you could do the slingshot. Yeah. Dirk, explain the slingshot, because I think that would actually might work when a so, bull just won't come any closer. It's 150 yards out. So you have your shooter set up 50 yards ahead of you or so, just, just within your sight distance. You don't want to get them too far so you guys can still communicate through eyes and sign language. But uh, if that bull won't 
call or won't come in, you need to have your shooter rip a big bugle. That'll make that bull think that you've moved up closer to his uh, red zone, and he may just come right in. Um, had that happen quite a few times. The old slingshot, kind of like Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last, bud. Yeah. Let's see. Can a guy be successful by only cow calling during the rut? Absolutely. There's been yeah. tons of bulls killed like that. Um, that's not really my mode of operation. I kind of like to try to get them pissed to where they let their guard down and they just come in ready to fight with their eyes all wild and stuff. Um, if you're just relying on cow calls, they kind of, they're more interested in breeding and a lot of times they'll come in sometimes they'll come running i've seen that happen but sometimes they'll come in very cautiously they're wanting to make sure there's no other bulls around that might blindside them um they they want to come in and maybe down wind and check and see if that cow's in heat um i've kind of had a lot of experiences where they're they just don't come in with their eyes rolled back and their head ready ready to go so that's why i try to try to appeal to their to their instinct to fight but th it, it is a, a good way to call in a bull just not my cup of tea really but there's been a lot of bulls killed just by cow calls well my buddy from montana well he's from washington but he's killed two bulls two years in a row so two for four pretty good no mentor solo elk hunting he was on my last podcast he doesn't even bring a beagle tube just cow call yeah but in my experience a lot of bulls will bugle and say get your ass over here to me and my ladies they they'll only come so close right i've had that happen too they they there's no threat and so right. they're going to if you want to be with me and my squad get over here that's the kind of bugle i hear and yep. so i like a bugle tube yep. or no bugle tube i'm like Dirk doesn't know this, but I don't – there's a lot more elk I've killed without ever not making a sound than calling. I love the calling. That's what I signed up for. <laughs> but you can always put all calls away and go forest ninja if if you're into it. <laughs> okay. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> uh, a good starter bow. Um, that's a good question. Here's my recommendations. Go to your local pro shop. I wouldn't go to the big box stores. I would go to your local pro shop, have yourself fitted with a bow that fits you perfectly. Um, you can spend 1500 bucks for the top of the line bow. You can spend 500 bucks with a bow that's decked out uh, with from sights to arrest. Those $500 bows kill up too. Um, you just got to look what's in your budget and how much you want to commit to this. Uh, if you start elk hunting you're probably going to get addicted and you at some point you're probably going to want to upgrade to a better bow than that entry level bow uh, maybe not but you can get into a, a good bow for five six hundred bucks decked out um or you can the sky's the limit you can spend as much money as you want on a bow but uh just make sure you get one that's set up for you and I'm, I'm always about the, the smaller um, pro shops. Um, 
box stores, not so much, but that's just me. Uh, that's a great tip. I like the, f I like the shooting several different bows, almost like blindfolded mm -hmm. and then being like, okay, that one felt the best. What is it? Oh, you know, and not getting overbowed. I think a lot of guys are worried about speed or pulling 80 pounds. Um, just find something that you can pull back, potentially hold at full draw for two minutes because elk move. Sometimes they stop behind a tree and you got to be at full draw for two minutes. So just make sure you have the right let off, the right poundage, the right arrow, and it feels good. It's in the budget and you can still afford to buy some elk tags. And I will say also, um, by buying local, you're supporting somebody that can get you out of a jam. You buy that thing off eBay or off the internet, it may be hard to get that thing serviced when you need it most. Let's say you cut a string. Let's say your bow blows up. Anything can happen. But if you've supported your local guy, not only have you gave him money to stay in business locally to make sure he's there for you, um, you have a problem, those guys will jump through hoops to make sure you're elk hunting quickly instead of like, mm, that's that eBay bow, eh, maybe not. So, Do you pack two bows? Like you're going to go to three different states. Are you going to have a backup bow? I will definitely have a backup bow this year, yeah. Uh, last year I had a backup, but last couple years I've taken a backup bow just in case. Um, you never know. There a lot of these places we hunt, there's no major big cities and really small, small towns that don't have, they barely even have a gas station. So, um, yeah, if if you have an old old bow from last year or whatever, if you can, it's good to have a backup bow. I killed uh, 2018, I killed a Nevada bow with a backup bow. I freaking did a classic, didn't un loosen the bolt on my slider. And I was going to shoot this bull that was standing broadside at like 60. And I didn't slide. I didn't loosen my bolt. And so I just stripped the bolt because I was so excited. Oh, wow. And wow. Uh, the bow was stuck. It was a single, a single pin. So I just had to watch this pretty good bull walk away. Went back to camp, grabbed the backup bow. I think I killed the next day. So you got to have a backup bow for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I can't see any questions on mine, so are oh, you really? getting them? Yeah, I'm getting tons okay. of them. Yeah. Tips on sounding big or sounding like a small satellite bull. Which works best in your opinion? Deadfall bros. That sounds like my kind of hunting deadfalls. Lots of them. Skinned up shins. Um, so I like to try to bugle to the voice of the bull I'm bugling at. So if he sounds big, mean, and nasty... I'm sounding big, mean, and nasty. If he sounds wimpy and kind of dumb or, like, you don't know how to even bugle, that's how – that's the game I'm playing. I'm trying to – so kind of like the mimic thing. Um, some guys will tell you, oh, never sound like a big bull. You'll scare him away. Um, but I can sound pretty big and nasty up close, but you get 150 yards from me in the woods, and I sound about like Doug Flutie, so don't <laughs> – don't think you're going to scare them off with your with your big bugles. Um, I've I've had I've bugled some pretty young bulls that weren't real big with 
big nasty bugles last fall in fact um and those things came right in so it wasn't wasn't an issue i like that answer i always go with equal to or less than yep but try not to go greater but you're probably right none of us sound too scary compared to a real nasty throaty pissed off herd bull right another seminar in lustendirk question mark yep i'd like to um kind of running out of my window to do it like super easy i'm hoping this covid nonsense will clear up quick and maybe i can slide one in before i move down south and it won't be quite as easy to to do one in lewiston but um, i'll have to get with justin and dan there at um diamondback and see if we can do one you said slide one in i did <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's a classic uh, question. Would you go to a unit that has less elk with less people or a unit with more elk that holds more people? That's that's a tough one. Um, I've, I've been around both. Um, and if you're not super familiar with the area or maybe inexperienced on how to find elk, an area with low density of elk can be hard because that's a lot of times the hardest part is just finding elk. Um, areas that have a lot of a lot of elk and a lot of people hunting, you may have to just work harder or try something different than the other guys are doing to try to get your elk. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough one. What do you think, Dan? I don't like people. Um, at all. So I want to go, I just want to have a really good pure elk hunt, but that's Dan 20 years of elk hunting talking, say 20 years ago, dude, I just need to be able to hear elk bugling and talking and see them and watch them and observe and learn. So new to elk hunting, get your butt to where there's the most elk ever that you can hunt and compete. Here's the thing. If you're hunting an area with low elk densities, you may be doing it right. You may be doing it wrong. But if you're not into elk, you don't know. There's no, there's no way to gauge if you're hunting correctly. Um, at least if there's other, if there's, if you're into elk, you can kind of gauge what you're doing. If it's, if it's, if you're doing things right or wrong or making mistakes. But if you just can't even get on elk, then you're on a bow hike at that point. <laughs> unfortunately uh what are some tactics for dealing with swirling winds in the elk woods man swirling winds are tough um depending on the time of day is usually and or weather patterns is usually where i deal with the swirling winds the most so if you got those big puffy clouds going over ever so often and you got a nice warm hillside and you get a puffy cloud going over and putting shade on it that's going to make your clouds or your excuse me your your wind swirl around um that's tough you may have to just be very patient or roll the dice and what happens when you roll the dice 99 percent of the time you come up loser <laughs> that the wind is just you know wind wind is just have to have it right 
And if it's swirling on you, you just might want to wait. Let's say you had a big bull and he's going at it, but you got a swirly wind that day. But if you're in a spot where you don't not worried about other people too much, I may just push pause and wait and kind of keep track of him and try the next day, maybe in a couple hours. Um, I've done that before where I backed out on bulls where the wind was just not good. And I waited for the evening thermals to kick in to where they start getting that really strong downhill uh, wind going down. And that made all the difference in the world. We were able to capitalize on that. So, Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add. I would say anytime a front's coming in, the wind is usually swirly that day. And it can be really frustrating. Uh, in 2018, I got back from Nevada, had a, two Idaho tags, and I was hunting with my dad. <clears throat> we parked at the trailhead, and I had three different call-ins, and the wind swirled on me. And, not like, literally, I just educated three bulls, and I was pissed. I started walking out, and I saw my dad, and he's like, dude where have you been? I got this big bull answering me all day. And I'm like, put it on ice. I'm not going to educate him too. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, let's get out of here. And then that bull kept bugling and kept bugling. Long story short is he wouldn't shut up. We went up the creek and just stayed in the creek bottom, like literally all the way up to him, called him in, shot him. So the wind was terrible that day. I educated three bulls, killed a bull, but it was because we stayed in the absolute creek bottom, had some luck in our favor. But for the most part, on those days, I think it's a good day to pull the white t white tail tactics and find yourself an observation hill where you can listen and pinpoint all the bugles or glass and just kind of take notes on what they're doing, where they're going and be ready to rock and roll the next day once that front's blown through. I uh, met a kid named Braden in Denver at the Sportsman's Expo, and he gave me a little cross when I was there. He'd carried that thing uh, when he was bronc riding for five years during a rodeo. He gave me kind of like a little safe charm, good luck charm. And uh, he says he has ones for you too, Dan. He's coming to Elk Shape Camp. Ooh, so I look forward to meeting yeah, you. Nice guy, nice guy. And it's kept me safe so far, so... Thanks, Braden. Um, somebody said, why am I moving? Why am I moving? It's kind of crazy. I live the dream at this beautiful cabin. In no, you don't. He doesn't even have internet at that cabin. <laughs> and when we work on projects, he has to drive uh, to Lewiston Library to upload project files to Dropbox. Sometimes I can get a text out to him. Uh, he's moving to get internet access. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons, yeah. <laughs> and my baby girl, Samantha, is in the Boise area, so we want to oh, be close yeah. to her. She's getting married. Uh, we want to be close to her, and um, hopefully Austin moves down there so we can all be close because I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Um, Austin's way up here in Spokane, which is about a three-hour drive. Samantha's about four-and-a-half-hour drive, and I want to be close to my kids, and um, I'm going to sacrifice my cabin in the mountains to, to do that, but that's good. That's okay. There's more to life than just living in a cabin in the woods or shoveling snow or blowing snow. I mean, my <laughs> wife got that really nice snow blower last winter, and she's probably going to be mad that she's not going to be able to use it in Boise, but I'll bet she could probably fire it up and just drive it around the, the neighborhood. 
just make believe snow blowing. So I'll, maybe I'll get her a lawnmower that matches and just trade it. I'll trade it in for a lawnmower. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, oh, here's one. Have I ever used the pink reed? Um, yeah, I had to use it to kind of use it for a shim one time. My door in my truck was squeaking, and I inserted it up there and then <laughs> shut the door real quick, and then it quit squeaking. So um, it w worked really well for that. Jason did a knockout job on that, so. <laughs> no, I just use the Maverick. I'm staying out That's of it. That's all I need. All you need is a Maverick. Dog ran away, Maverick. Car won't start, Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> there's some. There's at least two dudes, I think they're dudes, that have that Maverick logo tattooed on them. Swear to God. Yeah, it's out there. Dirk will post it on his Insta <laughs> story just to back me up. That's real life. So I, I know two guys that would never use yeah. the pink the maverick life it's for reals uh dirk what kind of truck do you have um don't tell them i don't think you a, should tell them you can a, not what <laughs> <laughs> it's a dodge dodge ram yeah black big one jacked up eight inch lift 40 inch tires something nick schmidt would drive but but a dodge <laughs> no that's not my truck <laughs> uh all right. Any other questions? You want to try to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm good to go. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching. Um, we're a couple knuckleheads that don't know technology too good, but we kind of figured it out, I think. So um, anyway, thanks for tuning in, and we're going to pop smoke on this. Bye-bye. Yeah, I apologize for you guys listening at home to get to see Dirk's beautiful face. But, man, um yeah, there's some good questions in there. Honestly, the the whole bull 150 yards out won't come any closer. That's so classic, man. That's classic. And just talking about hang-up spots. And you as elk hunters have to understand where those hang-up spots are, where the bull's going to expect to see what has been causing this ruckus. And once you kind of start figuring out where that spot's going to be and you can be there – and get your bow pulled back undetected. It's gonna be, it's gonna be smoke city. And man, there's some great questions in there about hunting places with elk density, but high human density. Dude, I'm serious. Like I'd rather have less elk, less people, and be able to run my program. I want elk that are. I wouldn't say unmolested. That's not the right word. But it's kind of like elk that haven't been effed with. Like I want some elk that just haven't been. They've been doing their thing. And they haven't been bumped over three basins and stuff like that. So, man, my dog is obsessed with you. <laughs> she can tell I'm a dog lover. Yeah, she knows. She loves him. Um, well, guys, this is about as long as I wanted to go with Dirk. He's got, you know, other things going on in his life. But um, I do want you to know, follow Dirk on Instagram. He's got one of the best, like, just personalities. He's a caricature of just a easygoing, fun-loving, soft-hearted, soft-spirited, until an elk bugles, and then he's an absolute murderer. So he, uh, he's he got some great elk tags. You're going to see a lot of his adventures. Where can people find your adventures this year? Like what social media platforms are you pouring your energy into? Um, Instagram, Facebook, of course. YouTube is going to be big. We're going to have a lot of videos on there. Um, maybe some other cool avenues yet to be told. But, uh, yeah, we got some really – great things um in the works and dan too so it'll kind of be a 
collaborative, if you will, kind of a collective, if you will. Definitely. So, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, I can't, I can't wait to share it with everybody. So. Yeah, guys, we have some cool stuff we're cooking up. We've been cooking up, and uh, we just want to, you know, encourage all you guys out there to keep working hard. Every day, do something that's going to make you better in the Elkwoods, whether it be, you know what? You need to lose five pounds between now and September. Okay, cut out a couple hundred calories a day. Say yes to discipline. Say no to being soft, and you will appreciate five pounds less off your body. Some of you are not as confident as you need to be in your elk calling. Please go get your bugle tube and your diaphragm call. Hopefully it's the Maverick. Put it in your truck. And that way I know that you know that you're going to be practicing your elk vocalizations at every stoplight turning heads. Maybe you don't spend enough time e-scouting. There's a lot of great resources out there. Maybe you should start formulating your hunt plan, if you will, and really dive into that. Maybe you have hunting partners that you're not sure you guys are a great team. Go work out with each other. Go do a ruck with each other. Go do some hard and figure out who's weak, who's soft, who lacks capacity between the ears, and who is going to, I don't know, be the weak link and help them. Work on it now. If you have new gear, go test it this summer. Go get some small two- or three-day backpacking trips in. Go ruck in your backyard. Try Break in your new boots. Shoot your weapon every day. What did I miss, Dirk? What are other things people can do to, quote, keep them in the separation, you know, through preparation, like what other little things do you do? Um, <clears throat> some guys f- have a hard time making, making time, you know, away from family Yeah. Uh, to, to do these things. You know, maybe it's a scouting trip or maybe it's um, camping or hiking or whatever. Um, include the family, you know, bring them along. Some people have said, oh, well, I have little kids and I can't do this. Since my kids were able to walk, we took them camping. We took them to elk camp. We took them to camping. And I always take try to put my summer camp trips to be relevant with elk hunting. Absolutely. So while mama and the babies are still sleeping, I'm up early before first light, getting out to my spot. That way I can get everything done and be back at camp just in time for them to get up and have breakfast. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's a really good tip. It's very valuable. I try to fill up my family's like love tanks, their love accounts. I try to make massive deposits, mainly my wife's. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty easy with the kids through the COVID-19 crap. They're probably sick of me. But my wife, you know, she's the one you got to really just, you know, let her know. Be intentional. Uh, because I'm going to be withdrawing uh, come September. And I think everyone can appreciate that. Guys, this is your Blue Collar Podcast. This is where you have <laughs> – did you see someone's comment in there? They put, these guys are hunters, not bloggers. And I didn't really know what they meant, but now I think I do. Like, that's a compliment, man. There is a lot of bloggers out there. There's right. a lot of Insta stuff out there, and that's a huge compliment. And that's what I want this podcast to be all about, just hard work, understand that we're real guys, we have real problems, but we just love the sound of chasing a bugle and, and the sound of timber, and I can't wait. It's going to be here before you know it. So get your stuff Four dialed. months. Four months. Gosh. I, that blew me away when I seen that today. I'm like, wait, what? Four no. months out? Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do. Don't freak out, but it's coming. So start chipping away at your list of gear, calling, scouting, family time. Get your hunt plans dialed. And uh, I'm excited for you, Dirk. you got a hell of a year ahead of you. Yeah, I can't wait. Big things happening. It's going to be a whirlwind, man, really. Yeah, and, you know, 
it'll be over before you know it. It'll just go. It'll be a flash. Blink. Yeah. And you'll be like, just wrapping up your hunt with the bro boys in Montana with Trent. And you'll be like, and I'm done. Yeah. Oh no, I gotta wait 11 more months for this. <laughs> well, I'll get I'll get back home. And be like, oh man, it feels so good to be in my own bed. And then I'll be for like, like, man, I wish I was elk hunting again. I know. It's, uh, it's that weird itch. We're addicted. Cool. Guys, give Dirk a follow. Keep up with him, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Have a great night. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Dirk is uh, one of my favorites just because of his personality and his elk hunting prowess. He's a great family man, and he's just a good guy. Solid dude. Give him a follow at The Bugler. He's got a great YouTube. He works for Jason Phelps as well. And uh, we have this side project that we hinted to. It's going to be coming out in early July. We'll give more information on that down the road, but be on the lookout for that. Again, discount codes. I'm going to give you a few. Black Ovis. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE. Save 20% off on any purchase except for Sika gear. If you want to buy Sika and get a discount from Black Ovis, you have to pick up the phone and call them and tell them that you're an ELKSHAPE podcast listener. Okay. Uh, elk shape camps see you guys in denver wisconsin and washington and then we have quite a few for 2021 hope you're getting ready for elk season remember separations in the preparation and we'll catch you on the next one